0: Yes, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, My Lord, my Lord. Go tell it. I like that part at the end because that's the part we're not doing. Amen. We're not going and we're not
1: telling.
0: It. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Play it traditional for me a little bit. Just traditional. Just a little. This is what folk used to hear. Everywhere
1: yeah. Go, tell it on the mountain
0: That's what. That yeah. Yeah. One more time. One more time. It. Go, tell it on the mountain. Hey. And then bump it up the way you do. Go. Tell it on the mountain.
1: That Jesus Christ is born. Come on, now hit it like you hit it.
0: Go
1: tell it on the mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell it over. over the Come on, Ray. Everywhere. everywhere. Go, go tell it on the mountain. Tell them what. That Jesus Christ tell is what. born. Tell them what. Come Take on, it to time. the vamp. Go, go tell it. In. Go tell Hey, go tell it. Go, go tell Get up and go tell it. Go tell it. Get up. Mountain, go tell it. Yeah. Go tell yeah. When something's good, yeah. Go said when something's good. Go said go said you can't keep it to yourself. Go no, no. no. Go See, folks like to tell everything. Hey. And stuff Instead of what they really you. need hey. to be telling.
0: Tell the oh. truth.
1: Tell how God's been good to you. Yeah, yeah. Go tell See, it. On, I got a testimony. Go yeah. So I'm gonna tell it. Hey! Go tell it. Yeah. Go to tell, 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 hey. tell, tell it. Go tell it. Hey. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it. My tell Lord. Oh. oh, oh. Ah, I love it.
0: My God. We've been into our series Rediscovering Christmas, and I'm so glad that that song was chosen for today. It's a perfect backdrop for our our message today. Because I believe if I get my history straight on that song, um, it really talks about the ones who were given the first message about Jesus Christ being born. You and I both know that those were those shepherds out in those fields. And so ironically, our message today is underpinned by the scriptural foundation found in Luke chapter 2, starting specifically at verse 8. Luke chapter 2, starting specifically at verse 8. And while the entire message encompasses verses 8 through 20, Let me just read a little bit of it for you starting at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, fear not, for I bring you tidings of good news. I'm mixing versions. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a savior has been born to you. Go tell it. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those to whom his favor rests. We always always enunciate well the part about the angels singing but too often we forget the message that they sang. Yeah, we're glad that the shepherds were there. We can almost envision it, T, on that dark hillside that night. Can you imagine? As dark as it is in those areas, all those sheep out there, and all of a sudden the sky breaks open with nothing but light. Initially there was just one angel, my Lord, which would have been enough to just scare anybody which is probably why the angel had to say, fear not, don't run, hold up, hold up, listen to me. But then after he pronounced what he had to say about the Savior being born, a host of the heavenly angels joined him and lit up the sky like night, like day, like sunshine. I would say it's enough to burn a memory in your soul so deep that you can't help every day but to get up and go tell it. I can't imagine the sight. But the message they came with was so very important. They said that that the Savior was coming to earth to bring peace to all on whom his favor rests. Sounds like a small message, but it's also big. Peace. I don't know about you, but this is probably one of those years where I could use some peace. Because it seems like there's just been storm after storm, after situation, after complexity, after crisis. I need some peace. And the shepherds are saying that Jesus was born to bring peace. To us. Is that your Christmas experience or do you continue into the Christmas season, this period of celebration, just more frenzied, more harried, more stressed out, or is this the season that you pause and take just a little bit of time to inhale some of Jesus's peace? Are you so worried about what somebody's gonna give you under a tree that you forget the real reason for the season, I know every now and then on the radio, as you're jumping in and out of the car, traditionally, from store to store, Kirkner might break in on the radio and remind you that Jesus is the reason for the season. But do we really need a do we really need a song on the radio to remind us what the real reason for this season is? That ought to be something that rings in your head the morning in the morning when you get up. Yeah. Jesus is the reason for this season. Yeah, in July, Jesus is the reason for this season. Come on now. In August, Jesus is the reason for this season. Every day, Jesus is the reason for the season. Is your Christmas experience that serious? Let me give you, let me give you how, uh, an example of how some people celebrate this season. In Finland, I don't know if anybody has been to Finland. I've never been, but there's a great tradition in Finland that happens every year. In fact, this tradition has happened in Finland since uh, the 1300s, for over 700 years. For over 700 years, every Christmas, this tradition happens. This is how serious they are about Christmas. It's actually called the Declaration of Christmas peace, the declaration of Christmas peace. And every year at noon on Christmas Eve, Christmas peace is declared in the city of Turku. An official with the city actually comes to the town square. There is, I've got example for you, I've got a picture for you. There is a citywide gathering to read the Declaration of Peace from the balcony of one of the historic, there it is right there. This happens every single year. It's a Christmas festive occasion. This is how serious they are about peace. And it simply reads, the proclamation that he reads every year says, tomorrow, God willing, is the graceful celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, and thus is declared a peaceful Christmas time to all, by advising devotion and to behave otherwise quietly and peacefully. Because he who breaks this peace and violates the peace of Christmas by any illegal or improper behavior, shall under aggravating circumstances be guilty and punished according to what the law and statutes prescribe for each and every offense separately. Finally, a joyous Christmas feast is wished to all inhe- inhabitants of the city." These folks are so serious about a peaceful Christmas that they will put the whole power of the law on you. If you violate the peace and quietness of the Christmas, they expect peace. Nobody getting drunk off juiced up eggnog. None of that. Nobody turning up under the Christmas tree. They expect peace. No arguing over who got what and who didn't get something. Peace. In fact, I believe the entire intention of this mess, of this. Christmas blessing or this Christmas proclamation is to try to keep us as close as we can to the original intent of what Christmas is about, not the commercialized version we turn Christmas into. In fact, I'll be honest with you, there are a whole lot of folk who go through Christmas and don't think about Jesus. And somebody know what I'm talking about. Jesus is the last thing on their mind. No, it's about giving and getting and not whose birthday it is. Now, how offensive is that? But you better not mess with the fiends at Christmas because they will deal with you harshly and put the law on you. But what a great way that is to usher in Christmas by making a self-declaration that this Christmas, I'm going to be as peaceful as I can. It's just something you claim for yourself and your household? I'm going to concentrate on peace. And that's what Advent is all about. Advent is a refocusing period of time that's designed to put us in the same mindset as the original inhabitants when they were waiting on Jesus. As all those shepherds who were out there on those fields, the forgotten folk, the overlooked folk. They were just waiting on the Messiah. See, we have the benefit of hindsight. We know that Messiah has already come, but they didn't have that benefit. They were still expecting Messiah. And you know how it is when you expect something. Anybody ever had a baby on the way? You know how it is after you've had, when you're waiting on that firstborn baby. Yeah, there's so much pent-up excitement. Everything has to be just so. You just can't get it together. It's different between the first baby and the second baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a difference. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have the same degree of tension when it comes to that second child because you've been there, done that. Unfortunately, that second baby is just as important, even more important. Can I tell you? Because you want to see God do it again. He did it the first time. And we know he sent him the first time. I'm excited that he's going to send him back again. And that's what we're talking about. The season of Advent keeps us expecting, and celebrating the birth of our Lord Caesar, uh, Jesus Christ. And so during this period, it's an active period, not passive. There's assurance in it. We're reassured and you ought to remain hopeful despite the circumstances that currently sit before us. We have to be hopeful, assured, and we have to remain vigilant as we wait on the coming birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so why would we, in studying this, use the story of shepherds, Sister Hall? Why shepherds? When we think about the embodiment of Christ being born, about the whole story, about the fact that he comes as royalty? Yeah, he's coming from heaven as God's son. One would think that an occasion of that magnitude would require us to have some, some VIP status. We'd have to send out invitations to the best of the best to come and be a part. People would have to reserve a slot in the birthing room for the Messiah to come, and yet, that's not how it happened. And we've gotten so far away in our TV programming and in our commercialization that we don't really understand how simple it was. But guess what? I remember when I was growing up, I got a Bible lesson when I was watching one of my favorite holiday shows. We don't often get that these days, but it was nothing short of going to church. Let me see if I can remind you how it was. You've been in this space too. You've seen it, and I wonder if you've forgotten it. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace,
1: goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown.
0: The unthinkable, he blessed the entire country with a recitation from the gospel according to St. Luke made it commercially viable and put it in front of everyone. So there may be some there who say they didn't know, but after looking at a Charlie Brown cartoon, they can't say they didn't know what Christmas was all about. The question is, do we know now? That's not in the right tones for today's folk. The cartoons have done much better than that, but the message is still clear. Just like it was clear that night to those shepherds. Those those shepherds out on that field, can you imagine back again, the sound broken immediately in that quiet hillside? All of these angels praising God, declaring peace on earth. Can you imagine what a wonderful journey it was for them? The audience that was given to, this was given to were the forget-me-nots of the world. Nobody cared about shepherds. Nobody thought about them. They were the folk you passed by. They were the folk who worked the night shift, who got underpaid. They were the folk who worked without benefits. They were the folk who got stepped on and walked over. They did the jobs nobody else wanted to do. Was shepherding important? Yes, but so are many jobs in our community, and yet we devalue the prices we pay for them. We pay more for recreation than we do for necessities. And these shepherds are here. And they're out there right now, and they are the ones who are rewarded with this awesome birth announcement about the coming of Jesus Christ. Why shepherds, Karen? Why shepherds? Well, first of all, you need to know that the shepherds were sent to us as an example, given to us as an example to remind us that the patriarchs of our our religion, of what we study, guess what they all did? They were all shepherds, the patriarchs in the bible they were they were nomadic animal traders they were roaming the ancient world and lord the lord stepped in and blessed them to be the leaders of his nation you remember them abraham abraham was a rich shepherd isaac jacob david the greatest king israel has ever known started out what Sacking groceries That no, he was a, he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd, he was doing the work no one wanted to do. Remember when the party was held, when the priest came to the house, he wanted to see all the sons in the house and, Jeppe, and, 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 and David was out there doing what nobody wanted to do, so much so that they forgot who he was. This who would be anointed, the future king of Israel was a forgotten somebody. He was that insignificant, and that's how insignificant these shepherds were in the world. Nobody thought about them or cared about them, and yet heaven blessed them to be the first receivers. Not only were they examples of the first patriarchs, but shepherds were, were an example of every man. All right? In fact, they could have all worn a t shirt that said, Whosoever. Yeah, I am whosoever. They couldn't have worn a t-shirt that said, I'm rich or I'm special. Jesse might not have even liked it, but they couldn't have said, I am somebody. Oh oh but more importantly than that, they could say, I am whosoever. Because they became the first ones to learn that Jesus came, and Jesus came to who? whosoever. Okay. Okay. And that made them special in God's eyesight. Very special. They fit right into the process of determining and telling who Jesus was coming to bless. Because Jesus didn't come to just bless rich folk. Jesus didn't just come to bless educated folk. Jesus didn't just come to bless whole people. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. Jesus came to the broken, the lost, the destitute, the ones nobody else was caring about. Jesus came to the whosoever. They were the original have-nots, and they were an example that we saw repeated over and over in scripture of God raising and using the humble and turning the world on his head by using them. Watch this now. Those shepherds, not only were they the embodiment of what the early patriarchs were, not only were they the example of every man, but those shepherds were also signifying Jesus Christ's future ministry. Oh, yeah. See, sheep might have been lowly animals, but they were special in Jewish culture. Nobody cared about sheep until they needed them. There's no more revered animal in Jewish culture than the Passover lamb. But who takes care of the Passover lamb? You don't care about them until you need it. You know it's like that in a lot of our lives. You don't think about something until it's useful to you. somebody has to take care of it until then. The Passover lamb that was a sacrifice that the ancient Jews used then and still to this day utilize. Not only Passover lamb, Tam, but it was also the blood of that lamb that was so very important, the blood that became Deacon Hall, the atonement, the price necessary for the atonement of our sins so that we could go as an unholy people before a holy God and be declared righteous. It had to come under holy blood. Why? Because that was his requirement. It's probably partly for all of those reasons that God sent the birth announcement to those shepherds because it reminds us that God's favor is not based on human standards. No, no, not human standards. His favor is on all those who humbly acknowledge that they are broken and who accept his gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love. The whosoevers of this world. But if you're in the middle of a storm right now, you might not be able to see that. Can I tell you today and remind you that Jesus came to bring peace to your storm? Oh yeah, there was a huge storm brewing between mankind and God. No peace was to be had. No one could be the one to bridge the divide between the war that was going on. And because God realized that we were unable, inept, incapable, of doing the things that he required us to do, since he realized we couldn't do that, our God, who loved us so much, made a way for us to do it. Come on now, think about this. The one we're at war with gives us a way to get out of war with him. If he had not given us a way to get out of war with him, we would still be in in it right now. But God loved us enough, and so he sent us a peace offering. The peace offering came to quiet the storm that's been going on. And so can I tell you, the one thing you ought to remember during this season of Advent that should bring a smile to your face is that Jesus comes to bring peace in the midst of these storms we're having. Don't let the situations of life, so overrule and override your sensitivities that you don't know that peace is with you. I I realize that sometimes you get up in the morning and before you can get out of bed, life has slapped you all over again. Those are circumstances. God is better and bigger than all your circumstances and Jesus, I love the song, knows all about it. The moment you woke up, he was on the job advocating for you, dealing with your circumstances, putting things where they needed to be put, putting people in the places they needed to be put in, straightening out even the messes you made. He was already straightening that out. Sometimes the biggest thing he can do to straighten out your mess is to straighten you out. Sometimes the reason why you don't have peace in your life is because you won't grab peace and calm down. You keep stirring up what he keeps trying to put down. Jesus comes to bring peace. Have you ever noticed in the weather reporting surrounding hurricanes, we've had a lot of them this year, that's been another upsetting thing. In the middle of coronavirus, in the middle of record unemployment, in the middle of celebrity deaths that have taken us, people that we are distracted by, maybe even have become fond of in some way, have been called to glory, in the middle of people that we love being called home uh, unexpectedly, in the middle of all the circumstances that we find ourselves, in the middle of Zoom being the preferred method of communication, Uh, In 2020, when nobody even had heard of it for real, in 2019, in the middle of all those circumstances, we find ourselves in the middle of what seems like a hurricane. And ironically, as the Lord would have it, we've had more hurricanes on record this year than at any other time in the recent known history at any other time, more than at any time since they started keeping up with hurricanes. We've had more this year. But there's a strange thing, Alvin, about hurricanes. We always remember the damage that it does. We can remember the wind coming in and we know by our standards whether it's a category three or four based on the wind speed and the amount of rain that falls. We always know that. But did you know, Alvin, that in the middle of a hurricane, there's what's called the eye? And it's a strange thing. As toe up and as destructive as the outer bands of a hurricane are, show me that video, the inner side, the inside of a hurricane is peaceful. It's unreal that in the midst of a storm, There's peace. This is the outside of the hurricane. Who wants to be in that? Some of y'all got that going on in your life right now. Tearing up everything in its wake. But if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss the fact that in the middle of the hurricane, right there, that's during the eye, it almost looked like a summer day. Hear me now, the hurricane is still raging. While this, and that's the outside of it, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the hurricane that's in your life, God brings you peace. He brings you solitude. He brings you his love, his mercy, his awareness of what's going on. I know things are flying around your life, seemingly tearing up, things you have no control over, but he is still in charge of you, still has peace. What's the song? He speaks peace into my life. And that is why I have joy like a river. Since the Lord God made a way for me, I got joy like a river. It's those kind of moments that we lose sight of because the wind has pushed us around so much and we've lost our leg, but I came to remind you today at a moment of clarity, a moment when you're lucid and not being beat up, buffeted by those winds, he brings peace. This season is a reminder that he's brought peace to us. These moments have to come into our lives so that we know that we're certainly not in charge. No, it's the Lord God that's in charge of us. But can I tell you, the angels show up in the midst of all these circumstances going on in Jerusalem. There are political events going on. You think this is just some Reverend Sparks is coming to tell you today. I came to tell you that their circumstances were no different than our circumstances today. In fact, it's ironic how much their circumstances of the day and time that Jesus was born mirror our circumstances. T, they weren't experiencing anything any different. Different. They had political events going on just like we do. The world's been glued to the TV trying to see if one politician is going to leave office while another one comes in. Can I tell you, Rome was in the same situation day after day. Who's on the throne in Rome right now? That was their daily conversation. Yeah, in the midst of all that, you got a young Jewish couple. All they know is they love each other. They want to get married and yet circumstances are going on beyond their control. Not only did they have political events going on, Destiny, there was a census going on at the time. At the very same time, they had to get up and leave where they were so they could go and be counted. That was the order of the government. I seem to remember a census going on in the United States this year. Not only that, they had the excitement that comes with simply having a new baby. Can you imagine those circumstances? Mary, a young, young girl who needed to have all the support she could under very trying circumstances. She had the same jitters any other woman has had when they had a baby, the same concern. But watch this now. Even though she's about to experience childbirth, she has had to leave her home. They don't have anywhere to stay. They don't have any money. They're living in A shelter that's not their own. Can you imagine how amplified her anxiety is just to be having this baby? No family around them. Where's her mama? Where's Mary's daddy? Who are the midwives that are going to help her deliver this baby? Where are all the folk that are going to bring clothes to her? Where are all the folk that are going to bring comfort to her? They're living in a storm. And yet in the middle of this storm, Something miraculous is about to happen. Not only that, after the baby is born, I don't know about you, but I've stood in that place where I'm holding a new human being and I'm wondering what in the world am I supposed to do right now? Where am I supposed to go? And if it wasn't for somebody telling me, put them down right there. (laughs) Now go sit down. I remember the stress that comes with a new baby when you realize, for all I know in life, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Joseph had that same pressure on his shoulder. Mary is sitting here convalescing after having a baby. Joseph, you see, ain't nobody ever thought about what about breakfast the morning after the baby was born. Joseph still got to make a way for his family to eat every day. Joseph still got to make a way for them to get up out of that manger. And leave. I know, come on now, let's be honest, we read the Bible. I know we pretty up the manger scene on TV. And we say, well, they had all that money from them three uh, kings that came. But the truth of the matter is the Bible says that the three kings didn't come until two or three years after Jesus was born. He was a toddler. The child, it said, not the baby, it said the child was born. And so Joseph was just as broke the morning after Jesus was born. (laughs) as he was the day before. The same lint that was in his wallet the night before, he had the same lint in his wallet the day after. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you realize it was by the grace of the innkeeper that said, I ain't got no room for you, but it's a little space out there in the stable. You can go out there and stay and just keep yourself out the wind. But that didn't come with no reward or no money. He had to get up the next day, probably had to leave Mary, had to go do some day labor since he was a carpenter, earn some money, take care of his children. He was in the middle of a storm. Not only that, he had to leave Bethlehem and get his family back to Nazareth, and that was a journey that he had to, fight, to face. With Mary now carrying a newborn and all the things that go on with it. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all act like there's some new situations in life. I'm telling you, just like you in a storm, they were in a storm too. And in the middle of that storm, he speaks peace. He speaks peace. And guess what? Just like Peace comes in the middle of the storm. Peace defies our circumstances. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that this peace could come under those circumstances. You might be thinking, but God don't know how much my situation hurts me. He knows. No, he knows. You you might say, I can only imagine how awful it was or how awful it is to you. He already knows. Yeah, nothing surprised him. There's a, there's a peace that can defy you under your, your circumstances. Have you ever wondered why when you commit yourself to prayer, and if you've never done this before, I challenge you to do it. When you commit yourself to prayer and you go into a situation that was going to rack your emotional balance, that was going to upend you, you ever wonder why you can walk in there and feel all right? All right, now. All right. Because we don't understand the, the, the miraculous power of prayer And we also don't understand what's really in God's peace. The peace that he gives us surpasses mankind's ability to understand it. You can't draw, Engineer Alvin, an equation that will spell out what God's peace is all about. There is no formula that man can put together in a test tube that will let you know what God's peace is all about. It's miraculous. It's heaven sent. And whatever it is, I don't want them to stop sending it to me. Whatever it is, I don't want them to stop giving, even though I don't understand it. I stand in need of it every day and I'm saying, Lord, please keep speaking peace into my life. I don't care if they think I'm crazy. Keep speaking your peace into my life. Paul recorded it like this. He says that we need to learn how to rejoice in the Lord always. He even repeated himself. He said, and I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to everybody because the Lord is near. Don't be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, just present your request to God and the peace of God will transcend everything you're involved in. I want to encourage you today. I came to remind you today that no matter what you're facing, That this process is sent to us. This period of time is sent to us to tell you to turn to God. Turn away from your situation. Stay with God. Walk with him. He walks with me. And he talks with me. And he reminds me by telling me I am his own. In every situation, by prayer, by petition. Just ask him. Tell him what you want. Oh, The old songwriter used to say call him up and tell him what you want. I don't understand how it works, but I'm grateful. But not only that you need to know this y'all, that peace defies understanding and circumstances and know this, write this down, put this on a t-shirt, peace is a person. Peace is a person. It all comes back to peace being a person peace is jesus you can replace peace with the name jesus why paul said in ephesians 2 and 14 for he himself is our peace and therefore before he ever arrived on earth we were told that he was going to come and guess what his title was t he was called the prince of peace isaiah 9 6 and 7 tells us of all the accolades and titles that he would be called. and said he'd be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting father, the prince, the prince of peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He'll reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, and he'll establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time on. And forevermore." I know that's a political sounding passage of Scripture. Can I tell you that's why people were looking for Jesus during his time to come and be a king on a throne they could see. They didn't understand this passage is a spiritual passage. You might have some trouble in this life, he still speaks peace. You might have difficulty in this life, life, but guess what? He still speaks peace. He is peace. Peace is, is in his DNA. He loves you through all your circumstances. And that's why he's able during this Advent season, and I came to remind you, thank you, Lord, that he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And he says, I'll give you rest. He admonishes us and advises us to take his yoke upon us and to learn from him. Why? Because he's gentle and humble in heart. And he said, and when you do that, you'll find rest for the weariness that's in your soul. Why? Because his yoke is easy and his burden, his burden is light. My prayer for you, my friends, is that Jesus will be your peace this week. My prayer is that while you are guarding everything else that's valuable to you, you remember that he's guarding your soul. He's guarding your peace. Put it in him. It's safe there. Let him be your God, and he'll bring you to a place of understanding and of love. May the Lord give you peace himself, and may he give you peace at all times and in every way. Stop trying to find it in a bottle and in a pill. Stop trying to find it on a cell phone. Stop trying to find it in a friend's ear. Stop trying to find it in your family look to Jesus yeah. he's the author of everything including peace God bless you if you've never met him before and try him as your own personal peace giver then I urge you to select him to try him to let him be the one who guides you through your circumstances maybe you've never given your life to him today is the day now is the time for you to try him The doors of our church are hereby open. And I send to you, not just a virtual invitation, I can't wait till the day you come and step into this building. And I can actually give you a handshake and welcome you into the fold here at this church. But even if you never cross the threshold at 45th Street Baptist Church, my prayer is that you will give your life to Christ. And I assure you, if you do that, one of these old days, we'll meet in glory. And we'll be brothers and sisters forever and ever in that kingdom that will be peace forever. If you've never accepted him, now is the time. The doors of our church are open. Whosoever will, let him come right now, right now. Give your, yourself to Christ. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for blessing us with this time of celebration and of teaching. It's our prayer, Lord, that you will bless those who have not found you, and claimed you as their Savior to have the courage to reach their hands and hearts out to you so that you might be not only the Savior of their lives, but also become the Lord of their lives. Father, we love you and we thank you for bringing us salvation and peace. And it's more of you that we need in times like these. We lift this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen.